Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. What if we fed our hair with the same nourishing ingredients that we feed our bodies? Whatever hair texture or hair type you have, your hungry dew will feel well-fed from the superfood ingredients packed into every bottle of hair food. Every hair food product is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oils because your hair does not want to be eating that. So if you're looking to really nourish your hair, it's got to be hair food. Look for it at Amazon, Walmart, and Target. Hey, mamacita, welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. That's mamas as in, hey, mama, y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama. Let's be mamas con ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Izara. On this episode of the Mamas con Ganas podcast, I'm talking about five reasons why it's essential, mamacita, essential, essential to become financially empowered. This is going to be a really good episode. I've done this episode already in Spanish. It's called Mujer Cinco Razones para Tomar Riendas de Tus Finanzas. It's episode number 55. So if you hear this episode, you like the tips, and then you know of somebody who doesn't, who wants to hear this in Spanish, send them to episode 55. Now, I brought along, just for fun, <laughs> my financial partner in crime, my hubby, my very own handsome hubby, Dr. <laughs> Mark Limasani. Hello there. Bienvenido, Carco. Thank you, gracias. Carco is what I call my husband. It's like his nickname. It's my. It's, it's a term of, of endearment. Term of endearment. Yes, it is. So why did I bring my husband on this? I said, okay, I'm doing an episode on the five reasons why women in particular need to get financially empowered. But wouldn't it be fun to bring like a male perspective and to have sort of a ping pong conversation about the subject? Sure. So... You and I always discuss, we talk about money. We, we go to our financial advisors together. Sure. We, this is something that we make decisions on together, mm -hmm. even though sometimes we don't necessarily agree on everything. Mm -hmm. We have to end up coming to an agreement at the yep. end of the day. Of course. Now, we are both aware, you and I, that it's very important to become financially empowered. Mm -hmm. But for this episode, it's why women in particular even need to make it an even... More essential. Conscious effort. Yes. Yep. A real conscious effort. Yep. Um, historically, we were definitely not financially empowered. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I just go back to my, grand, my grandmothers and my grandparents, you know, the person who used to control the finances pretty much in general was the man. Mm -hmm. Women weren't able even to have a mortgage or open bank accounts. Wow. This is very, you know, very new. The idea of a woman becoming responsible for finances. Mm -hmm. It was always put on the man's, on the man's plate, right? Yep. But that, 
sort of created like a power struggle. Of course. And a lot of people felt manipulated because money tends to manipulate, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the reason why I wanted to do this is, yes, we both agree that it's important to get financially you know, set and financially educated. But for women, baby, it's worse. It's more crucial. Why? Because number one, okay, you know, we live longer than you guys. Five years on average. Shocking. So, yeah. yeah it, but it's shocking, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and and, and it's, it, it's extremely important to, to, to take one's finances very seriously. I mean, for finances to be one of many facets of life that are cared after. I mean, it's just like your relationship. You need to spend time and nurture it. Your finances is a similar concept, right? <laughs> it's like one of other, you know. Yeah, it's you, like your health. Exactly. And, and the thing is that sometimes we want to ignore a specific as, aspect of our life. Mm -hmm. But our wealth, the pillar of wealth is really important i mean we can try to pretend that it's not important a lot of people say oh well, money i'm not about the money it's not important but i think it's i think money is just as much of a spiritual conversation as is taking care of our body mm -hmm. because through finances we're able to give stuff back you know to our children mm -hmm. also for our provide for ourselves and then give back to society of course so it can be actually be a very spiritual conversation mm -hmm. So yeah, women, mamacitas, we live longer. I mean, I could just tell you, my grandmother, I have one grandmother who's 99. And then my other grandmother who's 91. Wow. My grandfather just passed away recently. He was 96. So I have a long, uh, I have a longevity in, in my yeah, family. Yeah, you've got good genes. I've got good genes. Hopefully uh, they'll, they'll stick to me. <laughs> <laughs> but that means I have to make sure that I'm financially set for my retirement. Of course. Because retirement is super expensive. And you and I were discussing all this stuff with our financial advisors last, mm -hmm. last week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's something that you have to just, you have to have a good grasp. It, it's not that you can plan every single step of your life, neither from a financial perspective nor from a relationship-related perspective. But if you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. That's, that's, I love it. Say that again. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. At least to have some form of structure, some form of understanding, some, some form of intention related to your finances. Similarly, you, you set an intention for your household. You set an intention for your relationship. You have to set an intention for your finances in order to have something towards with, towards... Uh, Something to work towards. Exactly. That's exactly Absolutely. It. Absolutely. And so, yeah, as women, yeah, for the, definitely retirement is expensive. The future, you know, it, we have inflation rate. I mean, there's all these different things. But like I said, we live longer and our spouses tend to be older, mm. which means, well, not in our case. <laughs> I'm a cradle robber. Watch I'm, out. I'm older than my hubby. <laughs> <laughs> so I married a young one. <laughs> so for what other reasons uh, do you do you think it's also important to be for women? Yeah. Well, there's a huge gender gap, baby. What does that mean? Gender gap is a disparity between our annual earnings versus a man. Mm -hmm. So for example, and the worst disparity is between the white male and the Hispanic woman. Got it. The Hispanic woman earns 58 cents for every dollar earned by the white male. Wow. 
That's like almost half. That's crazy. So when a male, let's say they, they, they compared a salary of $55,000 for a white male, mm-hmm. the, the Hispanic female equivalent earns like $32,000. Wow. So that's significant. That, that is, that, that really has a big impact. So, so I mean, that, and, and that, that is really having an understanding of like your value proposition. Like that, that would be... You know, money to a certain extent has a pulse. It's 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 an energy, and if you don't understand or you don't or you don't have uh, an appreciation of what you're offering to the marketplace, whether you're a business owner or you're an employee, then that's when you end up with the short end of the stick. So so, and if you don't really know what your financial needs are in order for you to be able to save and be able to plan for eventual slowdown, I won't call it re- full-on retirement, but let's say uh, years in which you're, 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 you're living off of that which you earned um, throughout your life, um, then it's all the more important to, to educate yourself as to, okay, well, this is how much I need to live. This is how much I need to save. This is how much I would like to or I want to earn. What skill set is required for me to be able to earn that? Then learn the skills, apply it, and then go get what you want. You yeah. Know? And learn how to negotiate. I think one of the big yeah. things with women is that, um, we don't know how to negotiate. We're learning that though. I see the younger generation changing. I see you girls. <laughs> I see you. And I'm so proud of that. I think versus like the older generations, I think we're definitely getting, um, there's more awareness about it in general Got it. right now. Yeah. So yeah, we, we, uh, we have a big gender gap. That's huge. So it's even more crucial because of that to become financially empowered, mamacita. We got to talk more about money. We got to educate ourselves more about money. We got to have more women in the table surrounding. In the what? On the table. On the table. What did I say? At the table. At the table. (laughs) Not on the table. He's always wanted to correct my English because I'm always correcting him in Spanish. There you go. Wow. Hey. (laughs) Okay. Reason number three why women need to become financially empowered is that we actually spend less years in the workforce mm-hmm. on average than you than guys. Men do. Naturally. You guys graduate, you start working, and then you work all the way pretty much through retirement. I mean, on average, that's what happens. Um, of course, I'm just being, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at not everybody's life per se, of but course. we're looking at on average. And women, a lot of times, you know, they graduate. There's actually more women graduating from college right now. Wow. But a lot of us stop working. There's 44% out of the entire workforce. We make up 44% of the workforce. And Which usually, is, I mean, that's... It's significant. That's significant. Yeah, but we leave the workforce. This is what happens. And Alexandra Valentin, who did the, the financial advisor who did this episode with me in Spanish, was talking about, you know, imagine you start working. So you start your... your along with your male colleagues, you start working after you graduate college. And then let's say seven years down the line, you stop working because you have kids. So you dedicate yourself to your family. By the time you get back on the workforce, after your kids have grown, you're way behind your male counterparts Mm -hmm. because they've stayed stuck, you know, through there. And now their salary is like more than double what yours is when you're coming back. Of course. So that hits us in a big big, hard way, which means, again, we need to look at our numbers and we need to make sure that we know what we're doing for the future. Because I think a lot of times what happens as well when motherhood comes into play, it's like we dedicate all of our life, 
for parenthood. And we, we give so much energy to that, that we almost have like no energy to put in for the finances and for our financial education. But that's like to our detriment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a question of trying to balance things out. I mean, you know, in some instances you don't get me wrong. It's extremely important to dedicate time to the children and, and it does take a lot of time and a lot of bandwidth. Um, uh, but, but, but then again, I mean, it's, it's, you just, in certain instances, I would venture to say that some people choose to ignore their finances and they'll find every other excuse. They're too busy doing a million other things than to just take a step back and say, okay, listen, we gotta, we gotta clean this up. I completely agree. You I completely know? agree. And it's I, not- listen, I was guilty of this in my previous marriage. I feel like in a way I was sort of like a daughter to my ex-husband in that way, in the, the financial way. And then, um, and I talked about this in the episode that I did about discovering your money story, mm-hmm. discovering your money story. I did the, the episode. It was episode number 76. So in episode 76, Alexandra Valentin, the financial advisor and I went back basically to help women unravel what's their relationship with money. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about that, 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 you know, because a lot of times you're right. It's like we find every excuse because there's so many other things to do in life than to actually make ourselves responsible and accountable for what's coming in and what's going out, what yep. we're saving, what we're investing. Because it takes, it takes so much time, it doesn't does. it? It does. It's a commitment. It's, it, it's a commitment. Oh, I'm and, telling and, you guys, and, it's a commitment because we spent last week, we sat down on a Wednesday with our financial advisors for what, like seven hours? Yeah. It was, it, it, it was intense. It, it's a big commitment. And, and you know, it, it's a question of if you know that savings comes first and you have that analysis that, okay, we're going to just, that goes, that comes off, like that goes off the top. It's not that you spend, 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 and then you're like, oh, well, whatever we have left over, we'll save. No, you have to literally save off the top and then live with what you have left. Well, okay, mamacita, hold that thought. Now, a word from our sponsor. Here's an inspired idea. What if we fed our hair with the same nourishing ingredients that we feed our bodies? I've been using clean, simple, kitchen-crafted recipes from hair food and have seen amazing results. Whatever hair texture or hair type you have, your hungry do will feel well-fed from the superfood ingredients packed into every bottle of hair food. Oh, and did I mention the scents? Everything from coconut milk and chai spice to refreshing tea tree and lavender water. They're all so different and they all smell so good. Every hair food product is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oils because your hair does not want to be eating that. So if you're looking to nourish your hair, really nourish it, it's got to be hair food. Look for it at Amazon, Walmart, and Target. Like, oh, well, whatever we have left over, we'll save. No, you have to literally save off the top and then live with what you have left. Well, first of all, hold on a second. But you're talking about somebody who doesn't have debt. There's so many yeah. people in the U.S. That, had, that have debt. So number one, I would say if you don't know what your financial situation is, because a lot of people really don't. Wow. They just pay off their credit card. They pay the minimum and they don't really know that the hole that they're sinking themselves in. And when they actually come to look at the numbers years later, they're like freaking out 
because they've thrown so much money down the drain with credit card interest rates and all this. So first, like there, there needs to be like the certain courage to look at this mm-hmm. head on, just like we face anything else. It's almost like when we ignore our children, well, disaster kind of, <laughs> we know what it is yeah. when we ignore, when we don't pay sufficient energy to our kids. Mm-hmm. Like if we, if, if us parents weren't on top of our children, most likely they wouldn't be doing the homework that they're supposed to do. They wouldn't take the showers they're supposed to take. Mm-hmm. They'd not be going to bed on time. It's the same thing with money. It's, it's a like, vicious cycle. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. It's like you have to be able to, willing to examine it. And yes, although it takes, it's time consuming from my perspective. And I, I know from you, from yours as well, but you can add something if you want here is that after you spend that time looking at, at your finances and at your economic situation, it feels so much better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? It's like when you go to the gym, you don't always feel like going to the gym, but after you did that workout, you're like, oh, I'm really, really glad I did that. Exactly. And we don't always spend that amount of time for this, but every couple of years when we're looking for our strategy for retirement, we get together again mm-hmm. and have like a long session. And it's always so much worth, it's so worth it. And particularly if you l- listen, whether you're young and just starting out to work, like the, you know, the rewards that you can reap from starting to save early and saving for retirement. We saw that like, well, it's huge. We saw this exercise. Remember that was my favorite part. Tell them about the exercise that we saw the. Well, no, it's, it's, it's as simple as someone that starts saving as of, let's say 19 years of age and just slowly putting away even if they were to put away consistently for five years and then not put away at all for the rest of their lives, whereas another person that would wait five years and then start saving, very often just because of that wealth that's been accumulated untouched and that growth, Early. The, mm-hmm. the growth that ends up occurring from those in, from that money invested early on, it makes it such that people that start saving much later, they have it's so much harder to accumulate wealth the longer you wait. Yeah. However, I don't want to, if for anybody's listening and you, you really haven't taken responsibility for your wealth and now you're older, don't keep ignoring it. Mm -hmm. This is the same thing. The monster just keeps getting bigger if that's what you're doing. So, so number one, women live longer. So we need to make sure that we have more money for saved up for retirement than men do. Yeah. Number two, we have a, a gender gap that's really that's really large. We spend less years in the workforce. Mm-hmm. Number four, this is sad. This to me is like the saddest point. I don't mean to be Debbie Downer with this one, but women, we save less and we invest less. <laughs> now, okay, okay. In defense of us girls, and this is the only defense I'm giving us, <laughs> is the fact that. Like I said, we earned less and we spend less years in the workforce. So that's the only thing I'm going to say to defend that a little bit. Mm-hmm. However, here is where I put on my mindset cap and my mama con ganas. Yes, all of that is true. However, I do think that there's less women talking about this subject than men. I think it's something that, I don't know. I feel like men talking about money is like normal. Women talking about money, we talk about spending it. We talk about how we use it, like the creams and the shoes that we got and this and the mm-hmm. vacations that we went on and the activities we put on our kids. But, and of course, I'm generalizing, mamacita. I, I have 
great examples of my, some of my friends that are completely financially empowered. But I'm just saying in general, I feel like men have that discussion more. Do you think that's true? Um, I mean, I think it's cultural. I, I think money tends to be a bit more of a taboo subject. I, I don't think that most um, or, or all men just gather around talking about their finances. It's, it's somewhat of a private subject. Really? Yeah. I don't see men like that at all. Well, that's your interpretation. Maybe it's my interpretation. Um, okay, so maybe don't maybe men don't talk about money. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 what what I will say is that you know the marketplace is very heavily um, oriented towards women spending more. Oh my god! Well, you know that we have eighty percent like decision on the purchasing power. Mm-hmm. So and and the brands know that they know that eighty percent of what is spent in the household. Is, is determined by, by the woman. woman. And that's why we're targeted so heavily. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even, not to mention the fact that our products are more expensive are exactly. than yours. Exactly. I know that. And you know what, Mama, why Mama said that? Because what is it called? I think they call it the pink tax. The pink tax? Oh my God. Yeah, well, and it, I believe that it's because we're willing to spend more money on it. Like every time I go shopping for you, like when I go do, like I, Got him some Christmas presents at Bloomingdale's. And I was like shopping. And when I got to the end and I'd seen like the amount of shirts that I got you and this and that, I was like, man, if this would have been in my, it was, this would have been my purchases. This would have cost three times as much. It's amazing. Like no joke, like a male shirt in Bloomingdale's, like a nice shirt, not on sale. It was mm-hmm. like 60. Okay. Maybe the Ugo boss, a hundred and whatever. The girl shirts, female we, women's shirts of the good brand names. Bloom, I'm talking about the same store, Bloomingdale's. You're talking about $350, $350 and up. Wow. And we're talking about the same department store. And we use less fabric because we're smaller. <laughs> <laughs> so how is that fair? You, 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 there's more marketing that goes into... I, I, I don't know what that is, but that's not fair. Like somebody, we have to start paying attention at one point, girls. Mm-hmm. I think it's because we're willing to spend it. Yeah. Then, uh, and I think it's, they play on the fact that it's like, oh, you want to look good. You want to look sexy. And then, nah, nah, nah. I mean, look at shoes, for example, like designer shoes for men. What? 600 bucks? Designer shoes for no, women. At the most. I mean, at the most. Exactly. Like no, I'm insane. talking about really expensive stuff. Designer shoes for women. Over $1,000. Wow. That's insane. And, and, and I'm talking about the high end, but if you go in the low end, it's the same thing. Wow. The shoes for men are 50 bucks. The women's are 100. It's like, and we make less. That doesn't make any sense to mm-hmm. me. I don't know if you guys agree. If you agree, put some little uh, thumbs up in the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and if you disagree, hey, join the conversation. Tell me what you think. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I don't know. But let us know. Yeah. Okay. So that's number, that's number four. Four. That's number four. Okay. Now, okay, mamacita, we come to number five. Why women need to get a hold of their finances, why we need to educate ourselves is, well, there's an over 50% divorce rate. So obviously that affects both men and women. Of course. But did you know that one out of five women who gets divorced ends up in poverty? One out of five. Wow. That's and it's shocking. usually because, I mean, I could assume that it's because the woman has, you know, either 
wasn't working and was taking care of the kids or she gets somehow screwed during the divorce. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Point in fact, like at the end of the day, that's what the statistics is. One out of five women end up in poverty after divorce. divorce. And wow. that's the story of uh, Alexandra Valentin, the financial advisor uh, that came on the podcast, has been on the podcast several times. That's actually the reason why she decided to become a financial advisor. Because that's what happened to her mom. Her oh, mom wow. got divorced in her early 40s, was doing well with, you know, with her with her father. And then the divorce came. The dad kept on living a really great financial life. And the mother was stuck with like nothing. Wow. So it's a, it's a story we hear and that's very common for us. On top of that, on top of everything else, 80% of single parents are women. Are women. Wow. That's tough. That's tough. So we make less. There's a gender gap. We save less. Our products are more expensive. (laughs) One out of five of us gets put in poverty after divorce and 80% of us end up dealing with having to take care of our children financially. That's a heavy duty burden, guys. What do you think about that? That's... Want to be a woman now? No, I I think I'll keep what I got. (laughs) <laughs> ah, ah, feeling a little a little white male privilege here <laughs> i don't know <laughs> oh no i'm sorry my husband is canadian exactly i don't get <laughs> no privilege here <laughs> got stuck in Canada for two months That's the, that there was no privilege on, that, on my end <laughs> he's talking about and let me just give them context here sure. my husband's canadian and um so we we asked for the immigration interview in order for him to become an American uh, resident. Mm-hmm. And what? How many years did it take for you to get your immigration interview? Oh my God. Like forever. I mean, we've been married for almost six years now, mm-hmm. and we've been together for like twelve. Ten. Yeah, twelve. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And and then he gets stuck in Canada due to COVID for two months. For two months. So. That's another story. Anyways, yes. um, I want to end this podcast by saying something that I, I had no clue about. Uh, so today when I was doing a little bit of research for the podcast episode, I found out about a term I didn't even know existed. And that's financial abuse. Hmm. You know what? Had you ever heard of that term before? No. Okay. So financial abuse is basically... Okay. It's also termed economic abuse. It's a form of abuse when one intimate partner has control over the other partner's partner's access to economic resources, which diminishes the victim's capacity to support themselves and forces them to depend on the perpetrator financially. Mm. So it's basically abuse of another person by financially controlling them. Mm. And what I was reading is that 99% of women who are stuck in a domestic violence abuse scenario, 99% of them are also financially abused. Wow. Which means their partners take all control, take of all all control of the finances, but in a way where basically it's like a, manip- a manipulation so that the other person doesn't leave. Wow. So it keeps them stuck in that situation. And there are signs of financial abuse. And I started reading them. I was like, oh my God. So one of them is that the person like opens credit cards up in your name and then maxes out the credit card. Or, you know, once you get your paycheck, basically takes control of the money Mm. or is asking for a receipt for anything you spend. 
basically that person has you completely stuck financially. Wow. And so you're unable to leave the situation. And it's really interesting because Serena Williams, the, the tennis player, um, did this commercial. And this is now like, what, two years ago about, about this subject because one of her friends was uh, apparently um, financially abused. And so she wanted to bring light to the subject. But mm-hmm. I found it interesting. So I find that that's almost like a sixth reason for why Everybody needs to be financially empowered. Yes. It's not just women. I mean, just everybody in general. Yeah. You if can't you're, put yourself in that vulnerable position. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like you, it, there's no empowerment without financial empowerment. This is true. I, and I keep saying that and I'll, I'll say it till I'll turn blue, <laughs> blue in the face because it's true. Yeah. And this is an empowerment podcast. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for being on with me, baby. It was my pleasure. Talking about money. I love it. And women. There you go. That works. <laughs> <laughs> Mamacita, if you want to comment on this episode, go to mamasconganas.com forward slash 81. Let us know what you thought. What you're, yeah. And if you, number one, if you've ever felt maybe a victim to financially financial abuse, mm-hmm. or if you feel lazy, maybe even come to terms with the fact that, oops, this is something I've been ignoring. Yeah. And perhaps it's because your husband makes the money and you think, well, he deals with it. I don't need to look at that. That's his stuff. I'm here to tell you, I've seen so many cases where women leave that only in the hands of their partners later to regret it with their entire being later on. Mm-hmm. Don't let that happen to you. It, you know, they always say the smart people learn from others' mistakes. That's good. So... Become financially empowered, mamacita. I love you. Hey, it's Valentina. Espero te gustó este episodio de nuestro podcast. If you liked it or if any of our content has inspired you in any way, I'd be ever so grateful if you showed some amorcito by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Every single review will help us reach more mamacitas so they can live their life con muchas ganas. It's because of you, our listeners, that we're able to create contenido para otras Latinas. Un millón de gracias por suscribirte, escuchar y compartir nuestro podcast. Si tienen preguntas, comentarios y más, pueden visitar nuestra página web mamasconganas.com or follow us on social media at mamasconganas. You can also write me directly at info at mamasconganas.com. Hasta la próxima. Es Valentina recordándote, don't be a mama con drama. Mm-mm. Let's be mamas con ganas. Besitos. What if we fed our hair with the same nourishing ingredients that we feed our bodies? Whatever hair texture or hair type you have, your hungry dew will feel well-fed from the superfood ingredients packed into every bottle of hair food. Every hair food product is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oils because your hair does not want to be eating that. So if you're looking to really nourish your hair, it's got to be hair food. Look for it at Amazon, Walmart, and Target.